Maddie, stop kicking me. (laughs) 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 Welcome back to Talk Breed. I'm sorry, Talk Talk Breed. It's so clever, I almost got it wrong. (laughs) You did get it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This is now our ninth or tenth podcast. Guys, we made it. Is it? Yeah, it's number 10. We made it this far. Because no, it's we, number 9. No, because no, right, Culture right, Shock right. is 8.5. And I realized after posting that the other day, we didn't explain why we put 8.5. Yeah? Why did we put oh, 8.5? Because it was a crap podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that out afterwards. Um, no, we won't. No. Funny. Our listeners can hear bad words. <laughs> well, we were talking with Father Bill the other day. No, was I? I don't know my life. Who was I talking to about whether cursing is bad or not? Not me. <laughs> Neither of you? Who was I Your talking family? to then? I don't know. No. Oh, we basically Anna. decided cussing is fine. Cussing is fine. It just depends on how. Anyway, <laughs> I don't... Right, well, now the, now now we you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> House of Bridget endorses cussing. <laughs> <laughs> For any reason, do it. <laughs> just... just do it. Oh, no. <laughs> this isn't our smart goal list now. <laughs> Putting on smart goals, no. Um, I feel like we don't I want to like share... Five-year-old listeners. No. Five-year-old listeners. <laughs> We're a family podcast. <laughs> I want to share, um, in the last week, the two times I laughed the hardest, because it has to do with Shane and Maddie Ooh. separately, actually. Yeah. Wow. I'll share the first one. Um, Shane, you tagged me in a post on Facebook. <laughs> I can't even get it out. You know what it is. It's this kid dancing, and it's the funniest thing ever. But the caption was like, when garlic bread comes out or something. (laughs) I don't know if I was just in a really good mood, but I watched it three times, and I laughed so hard. You're looking at me like I'm nuts. This is amazing. I'm so happy it made you happy. I almost didn't tag you. Maddie, um, this was, what night was that? Sunday night? Today's Tuesday? Yeah. You, no, I texted you, um, we have this, like, framed picture above our toilet, and it fell, just the frame, just the frame and the glass, like, the picture itself didn't, that's how janky this thing was, and it fell into the toilet, and it broke in half, (laughs) and it was funny, and I threw it away, and I, like, fished it out of the toilet, but then I texted Maddie, it was just two pieces, it's fine now, um, but I texted Maddie and I was something like, I hope the frame in the bathroom didn't mean a lot to you because it fell in the toilet and it's broken. And you just texted <laughs> It made me laugh too. Reading it alone made me, you me laugh so back. <laughs> My most prized possession. Like a sad face. Was and I was alone was in my room laughing and Claire was next door like what is wrong with you I just read it in Maddie's voice it was like oh no my most prized possession the thought that you stored your most prized possession on our toilet and you said that and I was like it's so I could look at it often and I was like what do you mean look at it like when you're sitting down or what oh man that was so funny so that's that's uh, how why I laughed this week with Catherine. Yeah, I that's me. Mm. Yes. How are you guys doing? It's Tuesday. Steve and Michelle, aka Mom and Dad, are still gone. Mm-hmm. It has been seven, ten days since they. Left. Ten days. I don't know. Like Only that. seventeen more. Not that I'm counting. 
<laughs> no, it's more than 17. I What's today's date? Um, probably Bill's outside. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing? Tell me about your lives. I'm pretty well. Good. I need to put this down before I start making noise. Yeah, yeah you're making lots of noise. The ban on holding things still stands. And I am holding something, so I'm going to put it on the ground. <laughs> uh, um... I can't remember. I don't have anything that was like that laugh out loud that I can remember. I mean, there were really great moments, but I'm trying to think of one of like that. No LOL moments. Yeah, Come on, like guys. No, I really enjoyed watching Shit's Creek with you guys. Can I say that? <gasps> oh my gosh. Just yes, so much apparently. <laughs> and it's, a, it's spelled differently than. Yeah, <laughs> apparently on like talk shows, they can say the name of the. They can say Shit's Creek, but only if they post that they put on the bottom of the screen the logo of Schitt's Creek underneath it because then you're not saying shit on national television you're saying sh- sh- the title of the show last Creek. name you know wow. yeah well yeah anyways I, 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 for some reason <laughs> I just love a couple of the quotes from that show so, so much I think I've quoted the, the award season one a few times now <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll say it well they ask um what well, was it Moira who's yeah. the main mother of the family in the show she apparently never gives attention to their daughter, Alexis. So <laughs> they, they decide out of nowhere to go out for lunch for the first time in ages. Yeah. And they almost both don't show. But when, when they do, they start asking each other very generic questions. Like, so what's your favorite color? <laughs> Alexis, well, and she's like looking at her hand. Yeah, she's written yeah. the questions on her hand. Like she doesn't know how to talk to her daughter. Yeah, so Alexis is like, you made talking points for our lunch. <laughs> she's like, I just really wanted to make sure that I filled the gaps. But then... They start asking natural questions, and I think Alexis asks, asks her mom one of the ones on the list, which is, what's your favorite season? And the mom goes, oh, I know, awards! <laughs> so good. There's another scene where Moira, she sings at the funeral. She sings Oh, Daniel Boy. And then they're like, do an encore, do an encore. And she sings it so dramatically. And it's, it's just like, we do it all the time because it's like, oh, Daddy boy, <laughs> the buzz, the buzz, the glow. It's just so dramatic, <laughs> so funny, and they think it's so great. Yeah, that's about it for fun stuff. I mean, I saw a bunch of super cool movies this past week and a half. No fun. <laughs> we sound so lame. We do no, other fun things. things. No, not a lot of fun stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. I said no fun. You guys went to eat at Mad Egg. We did. We did. Je- or Jenny? Whoa, that was weird. Yeah. Ooh, last Maddie. year. Maddie and I, <laughs> we went out a couple times this weekend. Look at us. Wow. Uh-huh. That's very uncharacteristic right? of us. I was surprised. And I wasn't um, there for <laughs> any of them. <laughs> yep, no, you weren't. <laughs> Today, what's our topic? Should we tell the, the people? Media. Our topic is media. About to rant on fake And news. we all decided what we wanted to talk about, and then we all found out we understood the topic to be different things. Yeah. I think when I suggested so. it, I had meant, um, want me to, should I say? Like, say what you meant, yeah. I think I had thought, what media, to quote Richard Robert Barron, and he's quoting the Rolling Stones and saying this, what media rocked your world? <laughs> As in, like, Whoa. what was, so, what was a formative experience of art that changed your spirituality? And and for me, they're usually songs or books, but I think we all understood that a little differently. Yeah, you didn't say that part no, that's what um, I on meant. Sunday. You just said media. And <laughs> I I said media we were talking about book characters, and then we were like, but we should make it bigger than that. And then I was like, oh, are you talking about like different 
I don't know, social like online <laughs> things that have influenced us. Yeah, yeah. social media that or podcast or I thought music too. Yeah, I could have said arts. So we're just talking about things we like today that have influenced but our lives. Exa- oh, influenced your your it your fades. spiritual your faith. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I say you gain ten pounds on the microphone. It's very disconcerting. <laughs> I can't decide what whether to laugh. I don't know what's this wrong with us. My jokes are not landing today. 10, it's Nine and a half. It's been no, no, no. We're gonna save it. We're gonna save it. I like how we should make every negative episode we have a half episode. <laughs> and if we, if, if after nine and a half it's bad, we just go nine point seven five. We like, just start going in halves. Yeah. That's right. What does your screen say over there? So tell us about. Last night, I was watching a Word on Fire little, like, mini-doc, you know? Robert ba- Bishop Robert Barron. Exactly. Hence why I quoted him. And I realized, after we'd already planned the podcast, that it related really well to what we're talking about. He was talking about Hanser's von Balthasar, who's, mm. a, you know, a popular... Mm-hmm. It, like, he's not really a theologian in the sense that he wasn't an academic, but he was someone whose writings have influenced theology. And he yeah. believed that... Whereas a lot of people have approached the faith starting with the true, then the good, and then the beautiful last, saying that the true is the most important. Hansers von Balthasar thought that beautiful things were the most relatable and most impacting to people, despite their background, despite their ability to approach the subject. But if you saw something, and the example he gave was, he went to a baseball game, a pro game, for the first time, and... The experience of it was so impactful on him that it made him want to play baseball. And in a similar way, I was saying that I, I was thinking that these experiences might be things that impacted us at a at a level that's deeper than just rationality and changed how we feel about our faith. If that makes sense. Yeah, so, that's hundred percent. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, that was a good introduction to what I was thinking on these subjects. On these subjects, but yeah, yeah, I have a few. I have some musicians and definitely an author to reference, but. How about you, you want to go first? I don't mind, but I could. I think you should. All right. Well, anyways. Don't, um, don't touch. <laughs> People are going to wonder what I was You're touching. You're not. He was touching the glass that is balancing the microphone. <laughs> We're and professionals here. We just okay, need wait. Our we need why is there a piece of paper in front of you? It's so not mine. We banned paper. Oh, no. Yeah, that was so oh. loud. Okay. No one's allowed to have paper. <laughs> So Shane brought out a bag of crisps right before oh, yeah, this. Right. No. <laughs> no, I already finished them. But so I, I um my choices relate a little bit to the reason I became Catholic at all. And I think maybe they also relate to I think um forming me in my faith at a time in which it was still very like new to me. So anyways, I I loved reading like all sorts of deeper books, such as my whole major with PLS ended up reading like famous theologians like Thomas Aquinas and Erasmus and Thomas More. Um, but when I looked back on this, I realized those weren't the ones that had, I think, affected me the deepest. For me, it was these musicians and this author I'm, I'm about to reference. Um, I'll start with the author and just saying he's a really popular one for lots of young Catholics. I think it's for the very reason I mentioned. Um, or young Christians, I should say. But C.S. Lewis has oh, affected I was gonna me. Say- we were, I was going to say we should try to guess. Oh, yeah. Well, it's such a common one. Like, But I think it's for a reason. Like, his books yeah. are notoriously um, just enjoyable. Like, that they're, they're, they're narratives, they're creative, they're fictional, but they also are so relevant to the human soul. And I think that's why they're so accessible to people, right? Is that they have an element in which, like, you can read it and just enjoy the story, but you also go deeper when you realize 
oh, this story told my experience of my faith greater than anyone could have rationally written about it. Yeah, which you know one I mean? Which one are you talking about in particular? Like the Narnia books? or I did like Narnia a lot, but for me the biggest one is, were The Great Divorce and Screwtape Letters. Those ones mm-hmm. really hit me to my core. I think those are ones that, yeah, definitely solidified how I feel in a lot of my faith and made me aware of things a little differently. Which one did you read first? Which one kind of... Crusade Letters first. Um, I think that one made me more feel like... It taught me how to live better, if that makes sense, because you realize all the ways in which we do negative things but don't think of them as negatives. Like, Like being in mass and being distracted by the annoying person next to you. That's not an example of holiness. Not that you are easily distracted, but that you're judging what this person is doing rather than trying to be a, a fellow of theirs in Christ, right? But then The Great Divorce, I think, taught me more about, I guess, the what, what love is calling us to do, particularly with God. It's calling us to be able to let go of the things that we try to hold on to so tightly here and instead trust that loving something means loving it for its own good and its own end, if that makes sense. Like a mother who loves her son will also let her son go, kind mm. of. But those books were always really impactful for me. And I think they, I don't know, they kind of made me cry when I read them, if that makes sense. Like, it wasn't just, they were logically interesting, they were touching. Yeah. Mm. Um, but for the the artists that I listened to, the musicians, um, I never could relate to, early on at least, and probably still today, much of the music that my, what do you call it, my friends or the radio told me was Christian music. I just... It was, in the U.S. at least, it's usually praise and worship or CCM kind of music, you know? And it's music where, like, when you're going through the radio stations, yeah. you get to it, and you know it's the Christian radio yeah. station. <laughs> that's exactly Just it. by how, like, it feels. That's, that's precisely it's so it. an, It's so annoying. And so I wasn't... And that's the thing is, I wasn't against those themes. I just never liked how that feel was. You, you precisely hit on it. And so I think I discovered these other bands accidentally where... I realized they were talking about their faith journeys or their experiences, but in such a way that it was it was beautiful and compelling, and it wasn't just like uh, cheap or tacky or whatever you want to call it. Right? Um, one of the first ones was the Oh Hellos, which maybe some of you have heard mm-hmm, of. They're yeah. from Texas, They're and good. it's a brother sister combo. Mm-hmm. But they have some beautiful songs that also deal with some of C.S. Lewis's literature. So I'm sure they're influenced by him too. I used one of those on an early retreat that I ran back in high school as one of my, like, witness talk songs, if that makes sense. What about their songs? Like, are there lyrics, or what hit you in particular? So, um, I suppose the common theme with many of the artists and the lyrics that impacted me was, um, I think they reminded me of of what my relationship with God really was. I think you've talked about this before, Catherine, but... Oftentimes, going about our day-to-day, we can be distracted from our creatureliness. We can be distracted by our absolute need for God, you know? And these songs put stories in such a way that I I was made aware of, the, of that pain, of that longing, of, of that feeling in my heart that was easy to ignore during the day, if that makes sense. So, for example, they have a song, I think, In Memoriam, which is kind of a prodigal son story, more or less, but it has to do with casting everything away because um, we think we're, we're worthless, you know, or we, we just spend things because we um, were tempted to do so or whichever, but that the love we receive isn't a love that's earned or that we were are worthy of or whichever mm-hmm. it is. It, it's, it's a love freely given. Um, I think that was what really struck me is that I, I, I felt um, hormone, hard, no, I resonated with that feeling of like self, I don't know, self-loathing at times, but then also feeling like, that love freely given is the best kind of love, and that is God's love, spoke to me. I think maybe the more influencing artists, I'll say there's just three others, but I'll only reference one more in depth. 
was 21 Pilots, who mm-hmm. is another very popular band. And I don't know if people realize that they have many Christian themes in their music. I think it's probably somewhat there for people. But um, in their first album, which was done before, like, the, the most popular... Or, sorry, the second member, the drummer joint, um, I think Tyler Joseph talks a lot about... Um, like like just the theory of the trinity kind of and how that what, what, you guys are laughing a little bit we're laughing because <laughs> maddie's chair just creaked so oh, slowly no. but you're talking about something serious so <laughs> we're gonna pretend that That's didn't okay. happen um, and it's the one i'm breathing it's like i'm not moving <laughs> it's, it's okay um we actually need to get more wd-40 for that it's over in the sacristy um but I think it had a similar experience as I did with um, the Oh Hellos, where um, they have a, quite a few songs, like Isle of Flightless Birds, if you want to look that one up, Taxi Cab, A Car, A Torch, A Death, Be Concerned, Ode to Sleep, where um, they just use these beautiful images that play off of like biblical tradition, but I, I may not have always like seen. So in one example, they talk about, like I don't even know how to describe it. I'll, I'll jump to this one instead. Um, but in, in Taxi Cab... It's, it's a, a narrative about this guy who wakes up locked inside the trunk of a taxi cab, and he's not sure how he got there, but he's not sure, and he's not sure where he's going either. Oh, sorry, is that it? Or no, he's in, the, he's in the back seat of a taxi cab. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting it. Not little the little. trunk. No. A little less scary. I know, it's, not, it's a little less pointy. Um, I'm sorry, maybe we'll, we'll cut right No, no, that's great. But, um, <clears throat> let's see. Maddie, don't cut this out. So what happens actually is that a, a hearse runs out of gas, but then a hearse. Yeah, but then um, a passenger calls a cab to try and like save the day. Um, but when the cab gets there, there now are three people in the car um, because there's like the passenger, there's the driver, and there's the person. Um, or sorry, and then the um, the person that called the cab. But oh, I'm sorry. It's it's really hard to describe without just like reading the lyrics. Um, but. Um, the premise is more or less that they're comparing these three people to like this trinity who is opening up this casket and erasing whatever past led him to that point. Um, and there's something really beautiful about how things went wrong, like the hearse broke down, which I think is something to do with like original sin and humanity's inability to get out of its own hole, its own rut, but that everything was made right and is made right through the, the figures of these three people. And so it, I, it's, I'm describing it poorly, but if you listen to the song, you can understand how it's kind of telling the story of salvation for humanity, yeah. but in the example of this hearse that breaks down. And so they're a stunning band. The last two, I won't jump into them, are... I think, the well, before but, we move okay. on, I think that's also poignant to, like, all of our <clears throat> lives. Like, we think we're going to screw something up, and then mm-hmm. we might, or, you know, something might go <laughs> wrong or not go the way, but, like, God always will make it better than it was ever supposed to be. Right. And, like... Oh, happy fall in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know about you guys, but in my life, I'm always worried I'm going to choose the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And I yeah. want to do God's will so bad, but I'm, what if I don't do it? What if I'm not listening correctly? But that's just silly because it's not possible. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a cool. really good point. The other ones, which I will just suggest to you guys to listen to if you like, but I won't describe them for time, are a band named Bombadil, which is named after the character Tom Bombadil in The Lord of the Rings, who at least has one particular member um, that seems to write about on his Christian dealings. But anyways, they're, they're stunning, and I highly recommend their music. And the last one is Cloud Cult, which is by, I think, a, a man who was born into a Lutheran family, and he holds that faith a little bit loosely, but he was given it from his mother from a young age, and he always seems to incorporate 
a lot of the lessons that she would talk about into his music. And he, he really does see the value of um, trying to understand our meaning in this life and not just living for no reason. Um, so yeah, Cloud Cult, Bombadil, Twin Pilots, and The Oh Hellos, all our major bands for me. Have you always had such an interest in music? Because I grew, growing up, my parents didn't really listen to music or they weren't into it. Like, I was into it on my own, but... It was the same for me. My parents played some of their old 90s alternative rock, which I think maybe defined my genre, but, like, they didn't they didn't know how to find new music or they didn't seek out new music. It was something that I started doing on my own in high school. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Maddie, what do you have to share with the family? <laughs> I have to share these books that I read. I think I must have read them in middle school, but I tore through them and loved them. And um, yeah, I would have had to have been middle school or before, but you could only get them from the Catholic bookstore in my town. Town, And um, I think I got the first one for Christmas. And I was like, what is this? And my mom was like, oh, well, I found it at, you know, the, the store's called Sh- Saints and Shamrocks. And because I was reading so much and just like, tearing through so many books like all the time I was like okay well I'll get you this Catholic book <laughs> that's marketed towards um like young I don't think it's young adults I think it's more marketed towards like preteens and teenagers mm-hmm. but um they are they're called uh, fairy tale novels is the name of the store uh, the series mm-hmm. But it starts with, um, the first one's called The Shadow of the Bear, and that one's a retelling of, well, I thought it was Beauty and the Beast for some reason, but it's the traditional fairy tales, Snow White and Rose Red. And the cool thing about those books, um, so they're all, you know, modern, set in New York City, I think most of them, and there are, like, four characters. There's, um, the Snow White character, and then... Sleeping Beauty is, like, her sister, and then they, like, both date these brothers, um, and one's named Bear, and one's named Fish, but that's not their real names, they're, like, you know, they're, like, nicknames. I'm trying to describe these without... Those are the four characters, and the first four books, like... No, I guess only the three books, like, tell the story of them, because The Shadow of the Bear is the one where, like... Um, is the first one that introduces all the characters. Mm-hmm. And then Black as Night is um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves retold. And then Waking Rose is Sleeping Beauty. And then she did two others that were The Midnight Dancers, which is a fairy tale I didn't actually know. They're all Grimm's fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is The Twelve Dancing Princesses, which I'd never heard of before this um, this book, and then the last one's called Alex O'Donnell and the 40 Cyber Thieves, and I think you guys can probably guess which fairy tale that's based off of. I don't know. I have no clue, actually. 40 Cyber Thieves? Ali Ababa and the 40 Thieves. No. I have no idea what you're saying. What? What? What, are you what was the first word you say? Ali Baba? Yeah, no, hold I on. I don't know this very I don't. Well. I don't know. I've heard of the name Alibaba before. Yeah, no. I watched a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine. It's a folk tale included in many versions of 1001 Nights. And he, like, I don't know, I had, like, a VCR that I used to watch of, like, this um, story. Mm -hmm. It's also included in the second Aladdin movie, I think, Mm. or something. So it's different than Sinbad. I don't know. (laughs) 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 That's the only one I have from there. Anyway, 
So that one's a retelling of that one, and that yeah. one was like breaking from her normal um, Grimm's fairy tales because mm-hmm. that one was a thousand and one mm-hmm. Arabian Nights. They're all romance stories, and they're all. But they're Catholic, you're saying? Yeah, right? they're Catholic, um, in that like all of the main characters are like practicing Catholics. Oh. And wow. <laughs> Rose, uh, when it gets to her story, is going to like a Catholic women's college, mm-hmm. um, and I remember that's called St. Mary's College. Yeah, I remember that's the first time I heard <laughs> of kidding. anything like parietals because like oh wow her like love interest comes over to visit her and she has to like prop the door open and he has to leave by midnight. Yeah, she, to leave by midnight. It sounds and like a curse, but it's I just, know. no, the rector just <laughs> yeah, says so. exactly. You must leave by midnight. Um, be really quiet by midnight. <laughs> I think she went, I think the author, her name's Regina Doman, I think she went to Steubenville. Um, from, oh, this is making sense. Yeah. Yeah. A little more. Yeah. yeah I see a G.K. Chesterton quote there as well. Well, her publishing company is called Chesterton Press. Oh, okay. It's um, very Catholic. And so she... I think just publishes like her not like self publishes through this right. company that she owns, mm-hmm. and her husband also wrote one called Our Fairy Tale Romance. But um, what's the author? Five name? stars. Regina <laughs> Doman, D O M A N, and um, I think that one's about their like marriage story, which is okay. Um, so, what did you make of these novels? How did you appreciate them? Well, I thought they were just like yeah. I thought it. I felt like it was really great to. Um, I don't know. I was a very romantic child and. Mm-hmm. Really wanted to, I don't know, I've always loved fairy tales and wanted to be a princess and wanted to, um, you know, find Prince Charming or whatever. And these were really age-appropriate romance novels. Um, (laughs) Cool, which isn't always common to find, is it? No, it's not. And um, I also just, like, thought they were really, really creative retellings. And I don't know, I just loved the characters, too, and I loved that all of each of the books like focused on a different one but also like you could like recognize all the other characters from the it wasn't like you were just following one character but it also wasn't like you were starting from scratch with every Mm -hmm. single book Mm. um and i was like looking on the author's faq like right before this and um they were like are you going to this faq says please please write another book about fish and rose or baron blanche (laughs) who are the like two main couples Mm -hmm. She said, I'm sorry, but I have no plans for books featuring the wonderful foursome as main characters that would take place after Waking Rose. For now, their story is over. I don't have any good ideas for any future books about them, and I think a lame sequel to Waking Rose would be just plain awful. So sorry, but no plans for right now. Of course, this could always change if I get a really good idea, but nothing's come along so far. So I also appreciate that, like, creative integrity, like, not just... Making as many as possible. Exactly. And um, it's also funny because these last two, I think The Midnight Dancers is pretty disconnected from the other ones Mm -hmm. but Alex O'Donnell and the 40 Thieves like Alex O'Donnell is like a really like small like character in one of the other books and then you like don't think twice about him and then he comes back (laughs) as like a main character you know it's fun yeah it was just like really fun and um I don't want to say they like shaped my spiritual journey but like for a period of my life I was obsessed with these books and that's really cool it helped me I don't know like start thinking about you know the possibility of going to a catholic college honestly because the two main girls were were going to catholic colleges mm-hmm. and loving them and having the time of their life and i was like oh that sounds fun like you know <laughs> and they're like um it also i think was just a healthy um oh back to like the me being sort of a romantic mm-hmm. kid it was also like a very realist realistic and i mean 
people were getting poisoned and it was really dramatic, <laughs> like soap opera, you know. Mm-hmm. But the settings, setting was realistic. But no, yeah. no. Um, mm-hmm. No, but the relationships were pretty realistic mm-hmm. in that, like, first of all, it's not always the, like, it wasn't always the, the man coming in, like, coming in and saving the women, but it was more like these, like, relationships were, felt really human and felt like the, the people would really care about each other and there are, like, conversations that they have where they acknowledge the unhealthy parts of their relationships in some way. And I think that's, like, really good for, you know, middle school girls, which is mostly what these stories are directed at. That's a really good thing for middle school girls to see. And, like, they would, like, work through those parts of their relationship. Like, um, I think one of the storylines was, like, one of the girls is, like, really in love with one of the guys, but the guy, like, is just, like, I've got too much going on right now. Like, we can't be in a relationship. Like blah, blah, blah. And there's like a moment where she's like, I need to like come to terms with the fact that he's like not into me and Mm. like, I need Mm. to be like, okay with myself. And you know, and I mean, they do get together in the end, but like, yeah, (laughs) that's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a real thing that, you know, you might face in the course of, of relationships. And um, I think Alex O'Donnell in the 40 cyber thieves, he has like a, a, a girlfriend from the very beginning of the novel. So it's not like Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a romance novel in that, but their relationship is also like portrayed really real- realistically and they're like talking about discerning marriage and, um, all of these other things, you know, that like, I don't know, like, like when you're a middle schooler, it's a long way off, but you're going to think about it eventually. And I think it's important to have good role models for, for relationships <clears throat> like that. Yeah. And, That's um, really books that aren't books that aren't just like two people pining for each other the whole book right. and like you know you can still have that like magical fantasy element while also portraying good healthy relationships right. and I thought that was you know just great for for middle school me yeah it's good for middle school you yeah and like high school you and like yeah. now us yeah. I'll, I'll include myself yeah, now yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think you're right like I was again the person I was talking to the other day was saying how important stories are with how people view the way that we're going to live in life if that makes sense and, yeah. and she was saying that she wonders if people need good stories and good characters that you're describing to sort of give them a sense of how they ought to live because she finds that when she looks at some people's lives or even her own sometimes she asks the question like whoa if, if someone was telling the story of my life yeah. would it be like a, a good or exciting or, or noble story you know yeah. um, and so yeah, it's really cool that someone's giving that to kids at such a young age Apparently she published one after I finished reading them, and mm. that one's for adults, so I might look into finding that. Yeah. Um, it's a Rapunzel retelling. Mm. But yeah, so that was probably, I don't know, those were probably the most formative Catholic media, the most formative Catholic media um, when I was younger, because I was never super into um, Narnia or... Mm things like that. I didn't get into like Lord of the Rings or anything until mm-hmm. late high school probably. So I think, you know, these were the the books. Actually, I think it was because of these um, these books cuz her, you know, publishing company is called Chesterton mm-hmm. Press. I was like, what does that mean? And then looked into GK Chesterton and oh, then started cool. reading um, Father Brown, you know. So it led to to other good media outlets for me. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's Thanks. Good. Yeah. I want to get them for my siblings. You should. They're very good. Very wholesome. Looks like I know what I'm getting Matthew for his birthday next <laughs> month. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Do you have any music? 
or anything you want to share? I have music, but I have my favorite Catholic novel that I read as an adult. Ooh, let's hear it. Tell me about it. I read it earlier this year. It's called The End of the Affair. Oh. Oh, you gave me that book, and it's sitting by my bed. I read the first page, and I forgot (laughs) about it till this moment. (laughs) It's okay. It's The End of the Affair by Graham Greene. It's a really short read. It's, um... Who's Graham Greene again? He's a British author. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I think Ronan's talking about him. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is his most famous book. I think he has a different, um, a different, let me see. Um, type, type, type. Yes. It's giving me a lot of plays he wrote. Books. Um, books. The Heart of the Matter. Yeah, The Power and the Glory, I think, That's is the I've one heard I've, I've heard a lot yeah. about, um, which I want to read, because The End of the Affair was gorgeous. It's just this really beautiful story, and... You don't expect it to be Catholic hmm. until the very end because it's about, um, you know, the end of a uh, romance affair and um, these two people who are just like crazy for each other. But um, the woman's married. The man is like very, very selfish um, and just like wants her to leave her husband, doesn't really care about who this affair is hurting. It starts after the affair is already ended and her husband comes to him um, because the husband and the main character are friends and the husband comes to him and says like I think Sarah's cheating on me because he doesn't know that the affair happened and they like hire a private investigator to look into her and to see what's going on and basically I don't want to spoil too much but she's not having an affair she's going to church and she was (laughs) raised Catholic and she's like refound her Catholic faith and I just think it's this beautiful commentary on love because, um, I don't know, the, the main character is just, like, loves her, but loves her so selfishly. Wow. And she ends the affair, like, very, very suddenly, and you find out later it's, oh, no, I don't want to spoil don't it. Tell don't, you. Tell you. don't tell me. Uh, it's uh, so don't tell me. Don't, yeah, don't spoil it. It's so good. There's such a good now twist. Now I want to so read don't it. Don't say a thing. There's such a good don't twist. Don't tell me the twist. I'm not going to tell you I want you to tell me. I want you to tell me. Don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you the twist. So, stop. But there is a very good twist, and, um... You just can compare her love for him with his love for her, and they're so different. And you could probably call them both love, but hers is a lot more pure than his. Um, and that's that's an interesting thing because the the novel starts out with them both being pretty pretty selfish. Wow. And it's just really really like gorgeously written, and yeah, it's it's so good, so so good, and. I wish I'd brought my notebook because I wrote down a bunch of quotes from it. I told you some of the quotes. Um, they're so good. Just a lot of quotes about God's mercy and the way that God loves us. That's beautiful. Mm. So no, I want to read That's it. an adult romance book because it's not appropriate for children. But uh, <laughs> not getting my brother that. Don't get your brother. Your sister? Yeah, um. probably not. <laughs> But the, the fairy tale novels are wholesome and for sure. I used to so. read a lot of like modern day fairy tale things too. I think yeah. that was like a niche when we were kids. It was. Or like. Have you read a couple movies like that recently that have capitalized on that? Probably. I've yeah. seen them on TV as well. On her FAQ too, like someone was like, Are you going to be continuing the series? And she was like, Probably like not. I don't have a lot of time to write. But like if you want to do it, like go for it. You just can't use my characters. But yeah. like I'm not the only one writing these books. And yeah, it was like. Yeah. That's true. She's the only one writing in the, like, niche, like, Catholic, yeah, Catholic young adult fiction, but, um, yeah. 
but um, she's not. You know, and I think that's the other thing. It was, like, a good alternative to, like, some of the the more, like... I don't want to say trashy, but there probably oh, were some trashy, trashy I've adult read some romance. trashy books. Novel one. Yeah, and, like... Shane just whispered Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I think Twilight should be in a time capsule. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> that was a reference to Parks and Recreation. <laughs> I have to tell our people, Shane, about our inside joke, you know? Okay. I understand. Yeah. It's funny. I think for for kids who are wanting more, like, wholesome Christian themes, you know? Yeah. They're reading instead of... I don't know. I feel like I might have been overwhelmed by some of the content of some of the young adult novels when I was reading, like, these books. I think other other YA fiction might have, like, overwhelmed me with yeah. the content, so... Yeah. All right, Kevin, go for it. It's my turn. Yep. Listen up, people. Move the glass towards me, Shane. Thank you. I'm going to share one, not author, um, one character slash book. <laughs> you will be surprised when this comes out of my mouth mm-hmm. because it's not like I talk about her on a <laughs> weekly basis, but it's a book called Kristen Lovren's Daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't expect that. They're being sarcastic. <laughs> Because I've gotten a lot of people to read this book is in the last it, is year. Is it Danish, I think? Oh, no, no, wait, Norwegian. Get it's your Norwegian. head out of Denmark, Shane. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I've gotten a lot of people to read this book. Shane, I haven't gotten you to read it. I'd like to I once get I get through it. my backlog. And then um, one of my favorite musicians who's influenced me a lot um, is Audrey Assad. So I was going to yeah. Oh, yeah. talk about her. So Kristen Lovren's Daughter is a trilogy written by... Oh, it's Sigrid Unset. Yep, that. <laughs> Sigrid Unset. I said I say it different every time, but it's um it was written in the early 1900s. Oh, she won you know, a n- 1928. She won the wow. Nobel Peace Prize in Literature. Oh, that's stunning. Or the Nobel Prize. Go on. So the trilogy, the first book is called The Wreath, the second one's called The Wife, and the third one's called The Cross, and it follows um, the main character. Her name is. Kristen Lovren's daughter mm-hmm. from about when she's like six to her death. Wow. And it's really good. And it's not like a feel good story. It's like really rough. I was talking to Maddie about it because yeah. Maddie's almost halfway through mm-hmm. and it's, she has a hard life and she makes a lot of stupid decisions, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I think it's just, it's very realistic wow. and she's Catholic. Her family's Catholic. And so it has those undertones, Really, but she just, she has her father who's like, I love her father. He's like my favorite character. His name's Lovren's. So that's why her last name's Lovren's daughter. daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just has his, he wants what's best for her and he tries to give her all of that. And she kind of rejects it a little bit. And then she realizes when she's older, like, oh, he was caring for me. Anyway, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of mm-hmm. um, family mm-hmm. drama and... Yeah, I have some of my favorite quotes from there Yeah, I want to read. One, this one's from her father, Lovren's. For I realized more and more with each year I've lived, there's no worthier work for the person who has been geared with the ability to see even a small part of God's mercy than to serve him and to keep vigil and to pray for those whose sight is still clouded by the shadow of worldly matters. And I think that's just beautiful because her father is really respected in the village and in the country and... Just that that's his goal in life. Like, he sees a little part of God's mercy and he wants to show it to others. Oh, I just love that. 
she gets a lot of advice from priests throughout her life. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. So one quote, I don't want to give anything away. One quote is, God will find you, said the priest quietly. Stay calm and do not flee from him who has been seeking you before you even existed in your mother's womb. And I love that. And then my favorite quote that I have in my room, it's also a priest is talking to her. This is in part three of the third book, so it's towards the end of her life. Um, Haven't you realized yet, sister, that God has helped you each time you prayed, even when you prayed with half a heart or with little faith, Mm -hmm. and he gave you much more than you asked for? You loved God the way you loved your father, not as much as you loved your own will, but still enough that you always grieved when you had to part from him. And then you were blessed with having good then you were blessed with having good growth from the bad, which you had to reap from the seed of your stubborn will. And I just I think that's just like I it's a reminder for me every day when it's God has helped you each time you prayed, even when you prayed with half a heart, and it's so true. That's amazing. And he always that. gives me more than I ask for, more than I could even dream. Like I think a lot of times in life you you want certain things or you pray for certain things and when you don't get them, you're mad at God. And then the Holy Spirit works in retrospect this way. You realize, oh, like God gave me exactly what I needed. I'm glad I didn't get what I prayed for that day. Or, you know, God was giving mm-hmm. me the courage to go through it. Or he was giving me faith instead. That's what I needed more than whatever I was praying for. So I highly recommend this book. It's written, the author was a convert to Catholicism. And she's just really cool. And That sounds really interesting. Not yeah. going yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes through so many things. Kristen Lovren's daughter. And it's good so far, Maddie says so. <laughs> Rave, Everyone, a raving rave review from Maddie. <laughs> no, I got my mom to oh, read it. I got Maddie's Jenny last website. year to read it. I only read half of it, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> She's working through it. No, I know. I it's would love to read it. It's 1,200 pages, no. so it's kind In of total. a brick of a book. That's yeah. My mom was like, oh, I like. <laughs> Oh, and I was texting my mom, and she was like, oh, I have this book uh, recommendation for you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I'm going to be reading Kristen Lovin's daughter for the rest of my life, so I probably don't have time to read that. <laughs> it took me a long- I read it for, like, I don't know, for, like, five months, mm-hmm. because it just takes a while. Transitioning <laughs> to my favorite musician mm-hmm. is Audrey Asad. Tell us about it. Discovered is in quotes, but I found out about her. Remember um, when iTunes would like do a free song every week? Does anyone yeah. remember that? Yes. This so, had to be that. when yeah. like, I was in like no, yeah. eighth or ninth I got some grade. of my favorite songs in there actually. Yeah, well, they do like a free one. And so Audrey mm-hmm. Saad had a free song on there one week. Surprising. Called The House You're Building. And it's the that's the title of one of her first albums. Mm-hmm. So I found out of her, about her from there. I didn't realize she was a Christian artist or anything. I think I just listened to, you know, the 30 seconds you get. Yeah. And I was like, this is a good song. But I love that whole album. I think I know the words to all the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so many of her lyrics throughout my life, when I listen to them, I don't know, it just, like, hits you. Yeah. Songs like, there's one called Restless on that album. Um, another song called Good to Me, which is one that comforted me a lot last year. Um, Just It kind of repeats over and over, you are good to me, good to me, talking about God. and um, One of my current favorites she wrote is When I See You, um, and the chorus is All of the doors swing open when I see you. You make my heart unbroken when I see you. And just, I always imagine, like, 
the doors of the tabernacle swinging open when all the doors swing open. I don't know if she meant that. Mm -hmm. Or it could be also all the doors of like your life and what you want and what God wants to give you um, when I see you. And then you make my heart unbroken because God is the only thing that will do that for you. And she also has other more contemporary versions of like traditional Catholic hymns or Christian hymns Mm -hmm. that I love. Here are my honorable mentions for things I didn't talk about today, but media that has influenced my faith. And they are. Let us guess. I want to guess. Try to guess. Let's guess. Influence? What did I say? Influenced. Yeah, influenced. Influenced. No. Influenced my faith. It did. Like media? So wait, can I get a genre? Like like art? Um, Is it art? One, two, three, four, five music related, one book. One book. You can guess I the book. I think the book is what you gifted me for Christmas. It is. Um, I don't remember the name. But it's called it. Between the Savior and the Sea mm-hmm. by That's Bob it. Rice. Yeah. He actually went to Steubenville, too. I think he teaches there. Mm. But I'm really excited about it, It's the Gospels from, like, a, not, like a narrative form, mm-hmm. and it's from Peter's perspective. And after reading that book, I was, like, in love with Peter, because I, like... <laughs> Couldn't relate to him before. Yeah, they really like you're the first so Don't care. Yeah, but like I really relate to him now. That's so cool. Um, so it's a good book. And then, do you want to try to guess the music people? Yeah, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of other musicians yeah. you listen to a lot. Matt Marr. That's actually the first one. <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, Matt Carney. <laughs> I like that musician, but yeah. I-, I wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> okay. I listen to him a lot. Yeah. There's a. I, oh, God. you're like not a fan of Hillsong, right? Actually, I wrote Hillsong okay. on there because <laughs> they have one album called "Of Dirt and Grace," and they recorded it um, in the Holy Land live, oh, okay. and it's just like oh, wow. stunning. Interesting. So, I, I like some Hillsong songs. They just all that praise and worship music sometimes is just nauseating, and it's all the same four chords. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Lauren Daigle, mm-hmm. do you guys know yeah, her? And uh, Sarah Kroger, she's another Catholic artist. Nope. She has an album called Bloom, which is really good. Very cool. And then Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, they made an album called Origin. Really? Which, do you remember when we were looking at my Spotify, like, year in review? Maybe. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that album was, like, five of the top ten songs. And, and you were like, yeah. what is this, Catherine? Uh-huh. And I was like, it's a really good album. It's an <laughs> album called Origin. It's on Spotify. Yeah. And I love that. That's me. Nice. This is me. It me. Different song. This is me. I was singing Great Showman. Do you know what was submitted on Friday, right? You guys know? Mm-hmm. Officially, all our applications are in for <gasps> House of Bridges. Yes. Even though we don't. Really? We, the three of us, don't know who applied. Maddie's going to interviews in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, if you're listening and you applied, we're praying for you. Don't be nervous. It'll be fun. <laughs> Very cool. All of our applicants who are listening to us currently. All of them. Mm-hmm. Every single one. I have another book recommendation. Let's hear it. Silence. By yeah, that's in our house. Endo. Endo Shusaku? Yeah, but I just remember on the cover of my book it said Sushaku Endo, and so I always oh. thought of his name as Oh, that. you're right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, it's incredible. Um, it's about uh, Christian missionaries, uh, like Portuguese Catholic missionaries mm-hmm. coming into Japan when Christianity is illegal and um, all of the like suffering that the Christians there are going through. And 
Oh, it's so, like, haunting. It's, like, awful. But it's so mm. good. It's so good. And the ending is awful and sad, yeah. but also, like, really beautiful. Anyway, I won't spoil anymore, but I just, like, thought of that and had to throw it out while we're talking about Catholic media. Totally. Yeah. I think it's a great one. I'm trying to think of... Someone else told me about another one that's very similar to that, but I can't think of it right now. It was, like, a missionary novel of a similar... I have, um... I can read a quote from one of my favorite songs, if that's okay. You may. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a funny thing about when I mentioned 21 Pilots before is a lot of their songs start as, like, slam poems, which I wouldn't say I'm normally the guy to be into them, but they end up sounding really lovely, at least when they're put in this faster style. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one called Be Concerned, because that's one that they never actually released um, on like a, a normal LP album that you can listen to on Spotify. You have to find it on YouTube. But anyways, I really like the last, I don't know if you call it stanza, if it's in a poem form, but I'll read that to you if you guys would like. I am disappearing inside my bird's eye theories. I try to say goodbye, defy, and deny what it is I'm fearing. Clearly, I am dying. Dearly, I am writing, merely testifying that the test of fly requires I pass the test with colors flying. I don't believe you most of the time. I'm lying because I say I am fine. You are the pearl, I am the swine. So break my life and take this rhyme. I'm so sorry, but I do believe that all my bridges I have burned. And I've burned a policy of no return. So be concerned. Dang. I don't know. They're just like, it's really poetic and the, the, the words all kind of blend together in a way where they're all rhyming internally. Um, and I find that like a really hard thing to do as is in a poem. But yeah. to put that into a song as well, it's, it's stunning to me. So... Mm. <laughs> what made you laugh now? <laughs> it's just our silences. Oh, it's, a, it's an homage to the book Silence. Yes. <laughs> Let's see how long we've been recording. Oh my god. Oh, we better edit this one down. <laughs> you can just take my part out. <laughs> no. Um, well, maybe we should end by saying me, Wadius, who, what? <laughs> Uh, I've been saying Miwadi as Suwadi. <laughs> and I've been calling my housemates Miwadis. <laughs> Alright, Miwadis. Miwadi. Okay, I'm editing um, all of this out. No, so no, it's no, gonna, no, no. It's going to be, this won't Don't, come out in please, time Maddie. for our event tomorrow with Vincent Toomey. So, I'm going to plug... On um, at the in February twelfth at seven thirty p.m. on Wednesday at the church, we're having a professor from Notre Dame, Tim O'Malley, come over to talk about Catholic education. Yeah. Um, so if you're in Dublin, please come to that talk. I, I highly recommend in that. I've heard him talk before. And an he's stunning speaker. Yes. Very dynamic. He's so good. Um, I can't. Yeah, I can't praise him enough. And the fact that he's over here for just a short trip means got to take advantage of it. So yeah. that's most of what we got going on, guys. Right. Yeah, I mean, Shane and Maddie are looking for a Wii right now. Oh, we yeah. Are. Yeah, contact us if you have a Wii that plays GameCube games for sale. <laughs> we'll buy it off you. Yep, and um, that also, like, works in Europe. Oh, yeah, we want European also, ones only. Also, if you drive a car and would like to drive <laughs> us to Ikea, it's just so freaking expensive it so to rent to a car. And they don't deliver and to And go to Ikea, house, and they won't accept our money from yeah, our American cards. That's why. So if you live in Dublin and you're our friend and you're normal... Hit us up. Do you think we could have a friend just us? pay for it and then we pay them back so they can use the European card? Yep. Okay, we're doing that maybe. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Because this is less funny. <laughs> this is like. This is business. So, what else do we need from the store? Okay. Bye. Bye. We have bye. to go now. Bye, bye, bye. I'm going to click. Slana Boya. Bye.